This is Wednesday, October 13th. I understand you can find a book on just about anything, but this one caught me by surprise. The title, Princess Diana Speaks from Heaven, A Divine Revelation, written by Matthew Payne, a self-described Baptist minister. Now, as the book tells, for the last few years, Payne has been receiving spiritual visions, really visits with Lady Diana Spencer from heaven. It seems, according to Payne, that Jesus has commissioned him to interview her and to bring her answers to the people at the anniversary of her, the 20th year after her tragic death. He explains that he found her happy and content in heaven and that she's making a real difference there. Now, I wish I was making this up. Folks, Amazon catalogs thousands of books like this. Books on angels and spiritual forces, books on demonic entities and how to control the powers at work around you. Now, as much as we've tried to strip out all religious and and spiritual language from our world, it's always bubbling to the surface. People are incurably spiritual. But they're also drawn by the newest shiny object, that new teaching about angels or crystals or life forces or spiritual incantations. Tarot cards are under lock and key at bookstores because they are one of the most often the most commonly stolen items, and Ouija boards are as popular as ever. Now here's our text for today. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They're puffed up with idle notions by their own spiritual mind. That's Colossians 2, 17-18. Now, in this section of the text, Paul is warning the new believers in Colossa about the things that can distract them from Christ. Like our world today, there were many cults at work in the Greco-Roman world. Now, as today, people chase the latest gimmick in the form of spiritual power, People were hungry for some modicum of control over their lives, some connection to the gods or the spiritual powers that are at work in the world. You didn't have to convince people that there was a spiritual power beneath the surface of our physical world. They knew this. They seemed to always be looking for a door into this world. There were plenty of people that promised to get you on the inside. Now, notice that Paul calls these things a shadow. They're not the real thing. Have you ever noticed how a shadow can be distorted by the angle of light? It may be long and stretched far toward the horizon, having little relationship to the object the light is striking. Also, shadows are always shifting and changing as the angle of the light itself shifts. And that's why Paul is using this metaphor. It appears elsewhere in Scripture. Here's James 1, 16-18. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, 
that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. Yes, it was true that these powers were always shifting. As for today, and, and that tomorrow, they were always moving, changing. They were always expecting sacrifices to get you into the presence of real power, real spiritual power. Say these words, make this sacrifice, give this offering. This is what will get you inside. Paul says that all these ideas really come from an unspiritual mind. And we wonder, how can he say that? Well, it's because life in the Spirit is one of real humility before God. A humility that doesn't traffic and offers to get you close to God or open up the secrets of God. Yes, that's actually the meaning of the word religion, the root meaning. It comes from the word re as a prefix meaning to do it again and the word ligion where we get words like ligament, to bind something. It means by your efforts to bind yourself once again to God, to get yourself home, so to speak. But here's the truth. We can't find our way home. Spiritual things like this will not help us. We cannot restore ourselves. We cannot bring about our own forgiveness and return ourselves to the Lord. Only God can do that with us. And that is the unique feature of the true and living God, the one that does not change like shifting shadows. He pursues us. He's the hound of heaven that has picked up the scent of people that he loves, and he's chasing us down. We're not in Christ because we went in search of him, but we are in Christ because he sought us out and saved us. He brought us home. Jesus tells a number of parables about this. He tells of the shepherd that left the ninety-nine sheep to go in search of that one, just one, that is lost. He tells us about the lost coin. You see, we are not where we are because we found our way there. It is because God came down. He entered in by taking human flesh. He came looking for us, seeking us out. And Paul is concerned that in running after the latest spiritual fad, they will miss out on the fullness of Christ. So that's the question. Are we looking for the next thing? Are we being drawn away from the grace of God in Jesus? Here's Paul's conclusion in this section. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. That's Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. Let's pray together. Holy and loving God, we are amazed that you would care for us, that you would seek us out to bring us home. We're not worthy of your interest or of your love for us. It amazed us that while we were still powerless, Christ came for us and has loved us. So enable us today to rest in your steadfast love, for we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.